It's the Weekly Wrap with your host, broadcasting legend Bruce Wolf, and his trusty sidekick, comedian Tim Slagle. And now, without further ado, Bruce Wolf. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the Weekly Wrap. Oh, I, I guess Tim uh, has walked out in sympathy with the writers, uh, you know, the writer's strike going on right now. No, actually, he's on vacation. Was there a laugher strike? He might be out on the laugher strike. Oh, there we go. Uh, the... Um, the uh, the writers are on strike. It's interesting b- because uh, you know Hollywood is so woke, except when it comes to paying their own, right? Which is you know the, the way everybody is. Um, the big news, of course, uh, I'm sure if Tim were here, the background uh, would be uh, uh, something showing uh, Joe Biden's poll numbers. Now I know this is a Washington Post ABC poll, and that's not the most accurate, and it's only one poll. But boy, it's you, you certainly want to believe it, right? <laughs> because it's got it's got Biden down to, you know, he's really underwater. And just about everything among all the uh, demographic groups, including the ones that supported him in 2020. And it looks just terrible. But, you know, I that's today. And, 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 and I think yesterday when he came out of that meeting, uh, over the budget and, you know, kudos, as Michael Jordan would say to the Republicans for actually having something to bring to the table so that they can say that at least they want to negotiate. But Biden apparently looked horrible yesterday, even worse than usual. And uh, I mean, he's getting older by the minute and he would be 86 years old if he uh, completed his term. So the Democrats have a lot of problems with uh, with Joe Biden. The problem is and and Trump's beating him. Uh, in in this poll and even in the uh, aggregate of, of polls, he's still Trump is still beating him. I don't know how Trump is going to look in the next set of polls, which you know will reflect what happened uh, in front of that uh, by that jury in the uh, rape trial. That's of course that's so weird. So many weird things about that trial. Trump went on to Truth Social and said that uh, he wasn't allowed to defend himself in the trial. But the fact is that the the judge extended the deadline for him to come in and testify. And it's just typical. He Trump doesn't care. He will lie and lie and lie about everything, which I, I have a feeling is a big reason that he was found guilty of the battery, but not the rape. Uh, the, the woman, the, Ms. Carroll, was a little bit off, too. She told Good Morning America that uh, yesterday was the happiest day of her life. So. Uh, the jury didn't believe her story that she was raped. Uh, uh, she was raped. Um, and and uh, on, on, on a day when a jury came up with that decision, that that turns out to be your happiest day <laughs> when when they don't believe you, when you when you claim that you were raped. Um, and, you know, it's it, 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 it happens all the time with Trump accusers for, for just about anything. They all, always go just a little bit too far. So but she she. Um, she got the she got the battery, uh, not conviction, but the liability for battery. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around uh, what happened there because it's like the jury half believed her. But I don't know how you half believe somebody. I mean, if you're going to believe her story that you know she saw Trump, Trump denies that he was in there, even there or did even knew her or ever met her, even though, of course, there's photographic evidence of her and her husband, I guess, with with Trump and his wife at the time. Um, But Trump says he wasn't there at all. She says uh, 
that she that he he groped her and then he raped her and the jury decided well no he he just groped you and he didn't you well i mean don't you have to believe either the whole story or or not at all I understand that there was corroborating evidence. Uh, they had a couple of other uh, people testify that Trump had groped them. So none of them went so far as to say that he had raped them. But even so, I mean, you know, your proof is really, do, do you believe this woman? And they they, they kind of like split the difference. And I understand that jur- jurors uh, uh, compromise often, but at the, at the expense of logic, I guess, because it just and Alan Dershowitz had, had an interesting point, which was, you know, they were also found uh, Trump liable for defamation. But if if the jury didn't believe her story about rape, then why would Trump be liable for defaming her and saying that he didn't she's making this stuff about the rape? making this stuff up about the rape? I, I just don't understand that. Who knows? Maybe it'll it'll change on appeal, although I, I, she technically if they if they wanted to narrow it down, he defamed her to the extent that he said uh, that uh, he never committed battery on her. Oh, can we'll I ask see. you? Can yes, I ask you go a right ahead. Yeah, so, sure. in all the headlines that you saw, and all the uh, the chirons and the stories, did you once see anyone lead with Trump not guilty of rape? No, I mean it was pretty much it was pretty much that he was found guilty of something, and I understand. Uh, you know, I. I you know me, I'm always a guy who looks uh, likes to look at the glasses 10 percent full and not 90 percent empty. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great that you were only found guilty of uh, battery and uh, they assessed you, you know, five million dollars. Um, yeah, it it's still. Um, and I even went back and forth with Andy McCarthy about this. You know, Andy is uh, the the legal expert. He uh, sent the blind shake to jail uh, in 1993, I guess it was, or, or soon after that. And he's with Fox News and National Review. I mean, he he's big on all the corroborating evidence and that's what they, you know, the jury needed there. They wouldn't be able to go as far uh, as saying rape. I, I think what if I can thread the needle here a little bit from what I've read, it's possible the jury may have believed that she wasn't lying, that she just was a little confused as to how far this actually went. I mean, the defense attorney, and I, I can't get graphic here. All I can say is that um, she came off apparently uh, as far as the rape goes and describing describing it in antiseptic terms and, and not with the verve that uh, she described the, the battery. And that's how I know that sounds abstract, but I, I just, you know, I know I'm talking to myself did right you, now, but I can't even look at myself and, and get graphic. Did, <laughs> you happen, did you see it when she was on when uh, this must have been around 19 when she first uh, um, claimed this with Anderson Cooper and she freaks Anderson Cooper out. And he has to go to commercial right away. Where she goes, well, what did what did she say? I, I, I heard of that. But what 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 exactly did she say back then? That she was says, so outrageous. She goes, you know, everyone uh, thinks of rain, uh, rape as oh, yeah. kind of fantasy and in, in this uh, sexual. Right. You know, and it's sexy. And, and Anderson just kind of freaks out and goes, uh, well, uh, uh, we're going to go to break. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you're, you're sure. And, you know, and there's who who funded her on this. And, you know, th- and these are her friends that she told. But, you know, on the other hand, she did tell people and, and the attorney right, how do you rep- not remember the year or, or exactly the, the time period? Look, I thought attorney. That, I'm sorry, what? The attorney who also represented the 
uh, uh, Joe Biden's daughter. No, no, I, I get that. Doing Florida. And, and, and look, if you want to attack her credibility, go right ahead. The thing that made her credible to the jury, uh, among other things, was that she was able to describe in detail the the whole situation from the time that she bumped into Trump at Bergdorf Goodman. And remember, Trump, this isn't really a classic. He said she, she said because it's not about consent. It's he claims he wasn't even there. And she is able to come with all, all up with all these details about how he they they bumped into each other. He said, oh, you're the the lady, uh, the advice lady or whatever she is. And then she wound up helping him uh, or he helped her try to fi- uh, buy something. It, it was all these details. And, you know, that's not the easiest thing to make up. And then she told a couple of friends contemporaneously. So there was a lot going. And then Trump, of course, doesn't show up which doesn't help. Uh, and he also there's his deposition and there and, uh, you know, he's pretty cavalier in the deposition. And yeah, but all these things, you know, they, they, they can you know, you- make a jury feel, you know, uh, alienated uh, about Trump. And then, of course, there's the Access Hollywood tape as well, which, you know, I, I, I-, I still voted for him despite the Access Hollywood tape. But OK, it, but and, and someone made a point uh, last night on TV, they replayed that with an illegal sense and broke down the access Hollywood tape, which I've never seen anyone do, which says they let you and let you because they say they right. let you. He doesn't say it's he consent. does. It's consent. Yeah, it's, it's it's consent. I mean, I look, I tried to look at the access Hollywood tape as benignly as possible, especially given the fact that NBC decided to release that just at the right time. They yeah. had it for a long time. I mean, you know, it, it was it, it was so much. It, it was you, and he won. He won despite that. But um, OK, you think she may that have worked. Been- do you think she made up the details on her own or do you think she consulted the law and order writers to get the details? <laughs> right. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, it's, and now law and order Dick Wolf should sue her for plagiarism <laughs> or he should get a piece of that. Right. Yeah. No, I, it, it, it was kind of weird. Um, so anyway, while we have a moment here, I see that uh, Brett Favre um, is saying is, is trying to organize a boycott now that Fox has gotten rid of uh, Tucker Carlson. And I got to tell you, if Brett Favre's, I would debate him about Tucker Carlson and, and if his debating skills are anything like his acting chops and there's something about Mary, uh, he is a formidable debater indeed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the um, so Tucker is, is gone to Twitter. And uh, I note, Chris, that Tucker has only a thousand times more followers on Twitter than I do. Um, but, um, you know, I it, to me, Tucker is like the Dr. Fauci. Of, uh, of of the media because he believes that he has to uh, lie in order and for the for the good of the country, for the good of the the, the rubes uh, who follow him. But anyway, uh, you know, he did, and it's not like he's he's not uh, without merit. I mean, he's he, he has some interesting things to say. I don't know if I'm going to listen to uh, three minute diatribes on Twitter, um, but, you know, if he's got a pithy thing to say uh, on Twitter, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, read and uh, react to all that. He said he was going to bring a version of his show. So does that mean he's, yeah. his producer was also fired so he can bring his head producer? Yeah, and no, they're going to do this. It's a version of the show. And I, you know, but John Horan said today on his uh, uh, podcast, he just doesn't know if that if Tucker, Tucker fits into that, in, in, into the Twitter format, uh, or is he going to try and change Twitter? I mean, well, to me, it could be as bad as McLean Stevenson leaving MASH. You know, well, they, have to, they have to have a decent app that you can have on your television if people are going to watch it in that format and then you have to teach which is which is what some of the behind the scenes 
bitching he was doing was that the old people don't even know how to work the uh, Fox app. Right, right. And all those post-menopausal uh, uh, viewers that he referred to, which supposedly was uh, one of the reasons he got fired. I don't believe that one. Bruce Wolf, sans Tim Slagle. Thanks, Chris. On the loop. On the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Put me in the home with Joe Biden right now on uh, the weekly wrap. Bruce Wolf sends Tim Slagle uh, on the weekly wrap. And uh, this is a little best of right here. We're going to be uh, re uh, running a, a bit we did with Mike North, who I just was on Twitter with uh, the other day. He was recalling the uh, Bears defeating the Portsmouth team in the 1932 NFL championship game, which had, which had to be played in the Chicago stadium because of a snowstorm that knocked out Wrigley Field. And of course, I said that, yeah, I recall that game very well because uh, it was uh, Shakira and uh, Gloria Swanson who performed at halftime of that game. Meanwhile, here is a little segment here. Me, Mike North, talking about the origins of the score, among other things. Newly appointed athletic director Mike Poliski has stepped down. But tonight, in his resignation letter, Poliski said it was time to move on. Quote, I do not want to be a distraction to our incredible men and women as they pursue a collective goal to help our student athletes become the best they can be. While my family and I are disappointed, I move forward knowing this is the right decision, unquote. Wow, uh, Bruce Wolf and uh, Tim Slagle. Ouch! I'm, I'm a weekly <laughs> ramp. I think that uh, you see that card there of the. Uh, I think Thomas Amazing. Jefferson would be given like less space. Would, we hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> you know, we don't have time for that, but we'll have this whole resignation statement. Well, this is beyond my ken. I we have to bring in an expert. Tim to talk about this. You don't know about sports, and I don't know anything about sports either, uh, though I was a sportscaster for a number of years, <laughs> but I was a charlatan. Fortunately, we have the man who I said before in the last segment, if there was a Mount Rushmore of uh, Chicago sports, sports. Chicago radio, sports talk, AM, no, no, just the, Chicago, maybe national as well. Mike North would be on it. He'd be in the George Washington position. He really inspired the score. I'm so glad I didn't take that job, and he took it. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. How you doing? Hey, you're part of the lore, baby. I, I am. Mean, I am the guy who chickened out. So you, you have nothing to be ashamed of, buddy. You had a, <laughs> you've had a wonderful career in the chat, chat, chat. When I was selling hot dogs. That was my favorite character. It always has been. Really, And uh, I just want, yeah, I love Chet 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 because it was after Copic, who yeah. I used to call Vanilla. I used to call him that. <laughs> he told me I wouldn't last six months. The station wouldn't last six months. Oh, I knew I was man. in for something when that happened. But those were the days, my friend. Those were good times. I got to tell you, I mean, I, I do like the trip down memory lane. Screw Northwestern and their cheerleaders for a second. Uh, I heard your first broadcast. I listened to because I had to hear it. And uh -huh. and I if, if you tell me, because my memory plays tricks on me, I believe that it was a big sports day. I think Jim Lefevre was named the manager of the Cubs that day. Maybe it was around the time that Wanstead got the job. And I had always said the Bears are at least three coaches away from winning another Super Bowl. Who knew I was at least <laughs> there were 10 away? Uh, and, and I said, oh, this is what it's all about. And you were what it's all about. Well... I'll tell you what was fortunate is that I was doing a handicap show on the radio back in 1989 on small time radio before this podcasting and, and, and texting and before phones and before this and that. And, um, 
I I was handicapping football in the eighties. I thought it was the next big thing. Little did we know that, yeah, little did we know that we were still trying to figure out the rules in two thousand twenty-one. But you were forty now, years ahead of your time. That that's what no, it comes it, down it to. It was crazy. And then yeah. and then Danny, a guy named Danny Lee from WXRT, came into my hot dog stand like all the XRT people did because they were like about a mile and a half, two miles away. They, I met Robert Plant. I sure. met Johnny Hyatt. I met. Uh, what kind of hot had, dog did uh, Robert Plant like? Robert Plant said to me, "What's a combo with hot peppers?" I said, "You've had worse, I'm sure." <laughs> but he didn't ask for ketchup. He didn't ask for ketchup on a Chicago hot dog. He didn't ask for dog. ketchup. Okay. Skinny little thing walked in with two girls that were about 25 years old. Sure. In fact, uh, in fact, I think we delivered. We delivered because Robert Plant wouldn't leave the studio that day. But other people came in from Jack McDowell. I mean, we had celebrities coming in. Pat Bruno came in, checked out our brownies. But Danny Lee came in, and I said, maybe, you know, he's going to start a jazz station. I said, maybe you should try maybe a sports station. They're starting to crop up. There's 12 of them right now. (laughs) I I was a weirdo. I kept track of that stuff, WFAN in New York. And that's what he ended up doing. I got the job, and then the rest is history. but this canceling business and this stuff with Northwestern. Now, wait a minute, Mike. I have to interrupt you uh, yeah. telling your story because I have to say, Danny Lee walked into my father's hardware store on Fullerton and Clark, Arlington Hardware, and he heard me. My father was listening to me doing a high school football game. I used to imitate Jack Brickhouse. It was basically sure. out of the huddle they come. Everything was out of the huddle they come. Hey, hey. Uh, right, right. I think I did cup as well. Uh, Jack, I don't know where the ball is. You know. So anyway, I'm doing so, uh, And he hears me, and he says, hey, we're going to do these features at 5. Uh, we want a, a sportscast for a non-sports-oriented audience. And that's how I got the Athletes Feeds job on XRT, and that really right. launched me. So Danny Lee, who recently died, he should rest in peace. Yes. Uh, both of us, he's walking into stores. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he did. He walked to. in my hot dog stand. Then he sent in a guy named Ron Gleason, and Ron Gleason was the program director from what I found out later was going to be the sports station that I suggested to him, and oh. he decided to abandon WJZZ, where he'd already bought the call letters for jazz. Oh, okay. Um, so he went home that weekend, Bruce, and he went home, and after I talked to him about sell, trying a sports station, he was supposed to meet with his people on Monday to decide, you know, how the format was going to be and everything else, and he bought the Sun-Times and the Tribune when they were both huge papers, yeah. and, the su- and the Sunday ones, and he counted the ads in the entertainment section. He found two, three, found a couple jazz ads. Then he went to the sports section, which back in the day was thicker than the regular paper right. is now. And there were like 35, 40 ads. And that's right. when he made the decision that Monday morning to walk back in uh, to a room of music people and tell them we're doing sports. Ouch. And they said, <laughs> we don't know anything about sports. Are you going to listen to that goofy hot dog guy? He goes, we may not know anything about sports, but we're going to learn. And he put together a three-show station that dominated in radio that was dust to dawn. That will never happen again. No, it was beautiful. It was, it was a yeah. beautiful he, thing, as you might have said back in the day. But a lot of people yeah. didn't think it was. I knew that it was going to be a winner. It's to us back in the day, remember? Oh, totally, totally. So let's yeah. go to Northwestern right now and uh, the cancel culture right here. I mean, what do, you, what do you make of this? Well, I think that it's a dangerous time right now. I've been thinking, I, I tweet, but I've, I've made my bones coming back. Uh, working for ESPN and working for One Daily Sports and working for Bears Bar Room, I've done real well. But I've done it through handicapping, and now it's getting to the point, Bruce, where it, no matter what, there's a mob out there to shout you down. If you argue about Justin Fields, right? Okay, 
Some guy on Twitter is going to answer you with a Justin Field picture on his profile. You're not even arguing with somebody that's got any type of uh, unbiased opinion at this. You're automatically, when they bring up, are you a racist? Are you kidding me? I wanted Vince Evans to start for the Bears. They don't even know who Vince Evans is. Hey, beat the Packers in the last game of the season in that one year, 62-7, to good old number eight. Look, here's the thing. Uh, I was playing golf the other day with a guy uh, who, uh, he, he... before the first tee, he nailed me as being a Trump voter, and I thought we, <laughs> I wasn't going to make it through 18 holes. But no. at one point, I, I, I start, started talking about sports, and the guy says, uh, uh, oh, I, I hate the Bears. And I said, why? He says, well, first of all, I was surprised they, they, actually, they actually got a black quarterback. He thought that they were racist, that they wouldn't get a black quarterback. Now, do you think that Ryan Pace— Took passed over Deshaun Watson. Rich Campbell wrote a 295-paragraph opus in the Tribune about how Ryan Pace made a, a mistake or, or how what his thinking process was. But there was uh, no mention of racism there in no. in uh, uh, not taking Deshaun Watson. But that's what we get. We get a guy who's against. He thinks it's George Hallis of 1949, and it's not right, uh, right now. Well, I'll tell you about the Northwestern case. I think Mike Poliski, who I know. I know, Mike, because I worked for the Rush as an announcer for a couple years with Tom Dore. And Mike Poliski was there. And Mike was a good guy. Ran a pretty tight ship. But the family becomes involved in this. And what happens is there's leaks then. I don't know anything about the case. It's his word against their word. Northwestern had an investigation, but who knows how that went about. Uh, But I do know this, that if you want to continue to drag your family through things, and there may be other things that come out because of that, that's why you see people resign. It's not worth it. Oh, I had right. a guy tell me one time, he goes, I'm going to sue this guy. I go, why would you even go through that? Why do you want to sue anybody? You know what? Try to move on because all you're going to do, and I think you're a lawyer if I'm not mistaken. I actually you, am. Yes, I am. <laughs> all you're going to do is make lawyers money, and yes. you're going to drag your own agony through this. So I think now, and I was bringing it up earlier, I'm thinking I've been doing this handicapping thing, and I've been doing real well. I mean, so well that ESPN even came after me, which I think is a bigger comeback than Tiger coming yes. back, if you want to know the truth of Absolutely. it. If, if, they, if the truth was told in this town that Mike North works for ESPN and, is do, and we're doing real well with Carmen DeFalco, that would be a comeback story. But, see, they've always hated me. The main me- mainstream media has always hated me because I don't sugarcoat Mike, if you, went, go, you go to ESPN, it's like when Jim McMahon became a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> I don't know if I can take that. I don't know if I can but take that. I don't that. have the bite I had, Bruce. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, Girl, yeah. You You're kind of toothless now. I noticed that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, put in, you know what go. you did? I think it was the seminal moment for the score. It was you're interviewing Michael McCaskey, and right. up to that time, the broadcast people. I mean, maybe the newspaper people would be tough, but the broadcast people, you, you know, it's the Bears guy. You know, it you don't squares, do anything. And you basically said to him, "You, your family screwed us over." I mean, it. it, it McCaskey said, didn't know what idiot. hit him. You're, he told me I was silly. I go. If I'm silly, what the hell are you? What do you? I mean, it got personal, and we never talked after that. He's, I'm sorry, he died. I had you didn't like his topiary at Soldier Field? He used to cut, like, uh, figures of Walter Payton into the vines at Soldier Field the last 25 <laughs> years, I believe. Well, you know, I, I really, it turned uh, his whole family off when I said his mother fired him. I mean, that's the ultimate. Ouch. Uh, Ouch. There I you mean, go. But that's the ultimate deal. But but that's that's when you could be honest. But they've been trying, 
you know, you told me this was going to be about canceling. The mainstream media in town's been trying to cancel. They tried to cancel the score the first six months. Absolutely. We ruined everything for the electronic media. And the Mike, new, we gotta, we gotta go. We'll come right back with more. Okay. I gotta tell you, did the Bears fly in commercial or did they fly first class? First class. All right, they're, getting they're, better. They're, no, I got getting better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were by far the best ones. Everyone and else. I'll never forget. They flew Rashawn Salam commercial, and he left. He got out of the plane. He was wearing a 49er jacket. I'll never forget <laughs> that. The guy's our number one pick. I go, this guy ain't gonna make it. He thinks he's in California. But he was on the weed though. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Hey, See, that's not a good thing. You're just milk. Hey, straight milk and everything straight else, Straight milk right? and cookies. That's yeah. right, man. Yeah, milk and cookies. Milk and, and cookies. I'm happy. That's right. You on the wagon right now? I'm on the wagon. All right, good. That's good. <laughs> I'm on the wagon, too. It's boring, yeah. isn't it? No, I enjoy it. You enjoy it? <laughs> yeah. All right. But when well, you're off, it's, it's tough. I'll, you'll be back in a couple of years. You'll be doing beer commercials. <laughs> We're going to take a break. <laughs> Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the... Weekly wrap, and that was Mike North, who's our guest right now. Mike, I mean, you look fantastic in that. Well, that was Erlacher, what, 20 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, that's 99 or no, 2006, 2005, 2006. It was when he's a rookie, whatever the hell it was. But I'll tell you this, another relationship that went awry. I mean, we oh, were good friends. I didn't know. Well, what... yeah, because I did. Doug Buffone said he couldn't. He couldn't shut a block for two years. I mean, he's like, <laughs> <"What's laughs> hey, can, I, what's didn't he was Buffone? Didn't before, oh, oh boy. You you do think he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, don't you? Or you're uh, in that first ballot. I saw Butkus play. If Butkus was if, sure. if Brian Urlacher, I mean Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher played at the same time. How many fingers of referees did Brian Urlacher bite off? None. Absolutely none. none. Butkus did I I love the Rashad Salon. Butkus a football in the parking lot once when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. He caught it and threw it back. I thought God threw me the ball. I still got it. <laughs> oh, that's you know wonderful. I, mean? I had a po- I, listen, I'm the only goof that had a poster of Raquel Welch and Dick Butkus in my room. Really? Are you kidding? Did you, and did you imagine them like together? Uh, from no. Uh, no. And no. I didn't imagine me with either one of them because it was never going to happen anyway. But if it was, it would have been Raquel. The most perfect. <laughs> what was your uniform number in Kansas City Bombers, Mike? Do you remember I that one? I think it was. Wasn't it 11? Exactly right, Mike North. That's why you were a great sportscaster <laughs> for all these years. with that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love that woman. She still looks sensational. Isn't she? And she's like about four foot three, right? She's a diminutive woman. She's a, as I she's recall. A, she's, Puerto, she's Puerto Rican born. Okay. Uh, I don't know if she's four foot three, Bruce. You got her in the Wizard of Oz. Timmy, you got her in the Wizard of Oz a little bit over here. No, she was, she's the best, I think, pinup woman ever, my, my opinion. Well, speaking, let's uh, look at the way. This is why I'm the professional broadcaster. Oh, or my used God, to be. To that? We're going back to, you know, beautiful women. You got to be a beautiful girl to get along with the wonderful uh, uh, football players. The cheerleaders again. Here's my yeah. idea, the Northwestern cheerleaders. Yeah, they're worried about losing their scholarships, which is the cheerleaders were getting like five grand a year uh, a scholarship for that. Northwestern with room and board and tuition, books and fees, seventy nine grand a year. That's a they're getting ripped off. I say, Mike, you and I start a cheerleaders union or become agents for the cheerleaders and get them twenty five grand a year. Uh, over and above their their scholarships, uh, this is a sweatshop that they're working in, and they well, have to be fondled by wealthy donors. Well, they always well, underpay. I, you know what? If that's all true, then you know the one thing I I want to say is we don't know if things are true or not. 
And like I said earlier, if you're going to resign from something, are you resigning because of your family? Are you resigning because of pressure? Are you resigning because something happened? Are you resigning because something else may come up? I think sometimes to get out is the best way if you got yeah. a family. Now, I don't know if this guy's got a family or not, but... Uh, I don't like the conciliatory well, settlement-oriented Mike North. I want the uh, Michael well, McCaskey, you're an idiot, I Mike North. i a slush fund for this. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? A slush fund? For this kind of stuff, for sexual uh, oh, you know, right. I mean, harassment yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of All right, course. Let, let's turn... David Letterman, we could name a million people. Of, if you got power, and mm-hmm. Mike Poliski, I don't think, had the overall No, he's power. a fall guy. Yeah, right. He was trying to get in. He exactly. was trying to get that next step. I feel bad for the guy, but that's the way it goes. That's the way. he'll be. He'll be fine. He'll they'll, they'll yeah. secret him away somewhere uh, in, in Swift Hall, so uh, at Northwestern. I don't even know what that is. See, I just dropping names here because you know I went there because you know I got the great education. Who didn't? Exactly. And Every, a couple other guys. Yeah. So, um, so we were making a reference to this before. I'm. I'm. Uh, Driving in, trying to prep for this show tonight, so I figure, okay, I'll listen to the sports talk. Well, they were going for a half an hour. I mean, I guess the Bulls and the Blackhawks are doing nothing anymore. Right. So they for a half an hour, and I was trying to piece together this story, and they're ripping on Tony LaRusso, who is a septuagenarian, Tim. He is 76 yeah. years old, and he was named the White Sox manager again. He was Last time he was the manager of the White Sox was in 1986. So there still is hope for the oldsters, uh, Mike. Uh, you, you can be resurrected. There were, still, there were still disco records on the field when he first was Absolutely. So, <laughs> here's the, so here's the thing. They're going on, apparently, tell me if I got the story right, Last night, the White Sox are killing the Minnesota Twins, so they throw a position player in to pitch for the Twins, and he's just trying to get through the rest of the ball game. And your mean Mercedes, the star of the White Sox right now, swings on a 3-0 and pitch, and what, did he hit a home run uh, right. when he did that? And, of course, this is some kind of violation of baseball etiquette. And apparently LaRusa admitted that it was not the right thing for him to do, and that there would be consequences on this. So the guys on the radio station were just apoplectic over the fact that LaRusa was whom they were against to begin with because Jerry right. Reinsdorf had named him the manager, and they don't like old guys a- anyway, right. and they think he's out of touch and he, that he doesn't respect uh, Colin Kaepernick's view of the police, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they they uh, So they rip into him, and it, it sounded like, first of all, I, I can't believe that you know they turned it into such a, a federal case for a half an hour, but I understand right. sometimes you have to vamp. But what it sounded like ageism to me. It sounded like there there are rules in baseball, oh, and you, and, and he's going to get and Mercedes was going to get thrown at tonight because he hit the homer. Exactly, and first of all, that, that the you know when when I first heard it, but I said you know Tony Larusa maybe you know maybe could have kept it in the clubhouse, but then when he has to explain that the guy had the take sign, so Larusa gave him the take sign and he swung through it. Sorry, you don't you don't do that. You're you're a 28 year old rookie maybe for a reason. Okay, <laughs> you don't swing through a take. Supposedly sign he missed the sign. Supposedly he missed it. Well, then that's but, on him too. Right. So don't, right. don't miss the sign. Pay attention. And then he says, "This is the way I'm going to play." That's not the way Tony Larusa manages. And there is ageism in everything now. I mean, uh, there there, are, there always has been. Uh, but I always tell people, if I wanted to come back tomorrow, and they'd have me. I'd win my time slot. Oh so really? But damn, what it, I don't care how old you think you are. It's not. It's not about how old you are. 
because in the radio, especially the radio world, okay, they they're not supposed to be able to see. Or, yeah, you but know, Mike, you get fired the second you call them the Washington Redskins. They, and you would do it. <laughs> oh, I would. First of all, if there was Twitter in 92, I wouldn't have made it to 93. Okay? <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind about this. But the fact that I came at the right time and the fact that all these geniuses work for 10 cents on the dollar now, you know, for an industry that still does pretty well, you know, they didn't want me around anymore because I – Still wanted the main bucks, and they didn't think right. that. We'll, we'll How much would you settle down. for now for afternoon drive on the score? <laughs> I'll try to I make, make a deal. Because yeah. you know what I listen to now? Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of music. I mute. You know, I hear the same group of people saying, Trubisky's not good. LaRusse is too old. Grandel's a great signing. I mean, I could go all night long, and I could pick out the same hosts that just are Part of the get-along gang, Bruce. Right. Well, Whatever was, happened to saying, what is wrong with me disagreeing and saying? Yeah. Some guy called me a meatball the other day for saying that Justin Fields might not make it. Yeah. I'm the only guy in the world saying you that know, well, because everybody else No, is, I'm also is saying scared. it too, but I don't count. But here's the thing, Mike. You do count, I though, don't but count. Tell you but, about but, but here's the thing about Justin Fields. I mean, Bears fans are like the proverbial you know, Charlie Brown running up to the football and Lucy swipes it away every single time. I mean, <laughs> how many times do we have to be fooled about a quarterback? We just got over the Trubisky thing, and now everybody is going gangbusters over Justin Fields. Might I remind you that other Bears quarterbacks out of Ohio State included uh, Mike Tomzak and Craig Krenzel. But that, and I don't think uh, Fields had a great game against Northwestern. It was one of the games that I saw him play. He may turn into a great quarterback. Back, and he may have all the all the things that are, that are uh, that that you need in order to uh, get the Bears to a Super Bowl. But can't we have a little bit of restraint a discussion. here? Discussion. Yes. You can't say, wait, a guy that dropped that Nick Saban already told Bill Belichick, this guy Mac Jones, because Belichick loves Saban, their buddies. You know, he asked about every quarterback that's come out of Alabama. This is the first guy that Saban said, take him. They weren't right. even going to take Fields. Yet I'm supposed to believe. I would ask their <laughs> fans this. If they had the number one pick, were they going to pass up Trevor Lawrence for right. Justin Fields? Right. And if the answer is yes, I don't even want to have a discussion with you. And on top of that, Bruce, all of them may end up being busts. We've been around the block too many times, and we've seen the Tim Couches. We've seen the Ryan Leafs. We've seen... Cade McNown. The, <laughs> the Byron Leftwiches. The Cade McNowns. I was... I was convinced more than anybody he was going to be good. You're going to pick a a bad one once in a while, but I was right on Trubisky. If Justin Fields has a 29-21 record, 10,000 yards passing, 65 touchdowns, 33 interceptions, and an 88 quarterback rating. Oh, I love the way you lather me with statistics, Mike. They they (laughs) throw a parade for him. And what's funny about that, those are Trubisky's Statistics. Yes, I, I, and, I, I. And when you hear people say he's a bust, how can you say that? You're a you contrarian. Look? Nobody's defending Trubisky. You just, you're just trying to get publicity for yourself, Mike. Oh, oh yeah, like, you hot dog, I, you with onions. Kids. Yes, we don't want to be cocky here. <laughs> oh yeah, well, they've been telling me I'm going back to the hot dog stand for 30 years. You know, but I don't want to be contrarian. But here's what I would tell everybody: I think you could say the same. We were big before Twitter. Okay, that's right. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I made my bones by a debate. There's no more debate. You either do it, you agree with us, or we're going to try to shut you down. Right. That don't happen with me. All right. Bears 8-8 eight and eight this year uh, with uh, <laughs> and Abby Dalton. Thanks so much, Mike. We appreciate your joining us. 
You're the best. Good luck to you in your uh, gambling endeavors and uh, all that. Mike North on Mount Rushmore. uh, Who who else is on Mount Rushmore? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Who else would be on Mount Rushmore, I guess? Dan Bernstein, maybe? I don't know. Sure. Bruce Wolf, Sam's Tim Slagle, who's on vacation on the weekly wrap. And so we're doing a little best of right here. We talked a little while ago with Patty Vasquez, uh, comedian, radio personality. And we talked about her, with her about uh, why she got fired by WGN and also about her brother who was killed by John Wayne Gacy. Here's that segment. Sports. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And we are joined right now by Patty Vasquez. Patty Hello. is the host of Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. From 5 to 6 p.m. on WCPT. That's what the Communist Party talks. <laughs> Chicago's <laughs> progressive talk. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, oh, the name calling is starting Yeah, let's go. Pie right fight. Pie wow. fight. All right, then. All right. So uh, that's Monday through Friday, 5 to 6. That's right. So you're just getting revved up, and then the party's over, and you do the Carol Burnett thing, tugging your ear, and that's you're right. done. Leave them yeah. wanting more, I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so you want to expand on that, right? Sure, uh, why sure. not? Love yeah, to. Right. I Thank mean, you. you'd like to take over Joan Esposito's not take, at right? all no, okay I'm I'm the, I'm, to, I'd like a cat fight right now no, ah, well yeah. she would win she's the pro I'm just hanging out yeah, riding you on go. her coattails there you go. well I mean uh, uh, yeah I don't want you to lose another gig uh, you, uh, <laughs> fair enough no <laughs> I you actually that. worked at WGN which is a station that I filled in on a mm-hmm. number of times like uh when Kathy and Judy were playing Mahjong in uh, Lake Geneva one Friday, they had me, you know, come in and, and fill in for uh, for them. So I did some fill-in work. But you actually had a gig. And what was like the old Eddie Schwartz gig? It was Roger, overnight, yeah. yeah the me. overnight gig, you yeah. know, where you talked to Bill Cosby in the wee hours. Of oh, the wow. That's well, what he about did. Bill Cosby, exactly. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and then didn't you get disciplined? Because you, I called the mayor in the middle of the night. Yeah, what, just, what, what, what what's yeah. going through your head? <laughs> no, I, it was what actually, time in the morning were you calling Rahm Emanuel? You know he's got a beauty sleep. He he would mm-hmm. not. He you know it, it stunts your growth if you if you uh, don't sleep <laughs> for eight hours a day. You right. know I had spent six months calling all kinds of electeds at uh, ten till two in the morning. It was called the pretty late wake up call, uh-huh. and we were we were calling Republicans and Democrats. We had a budget impasse if you remember, and I was asking sure. them how do you sleep at night? And the bit was give oh. me the number of the next person you want me to call and someone gave me the mayor's number and the station knew that we were doing that but you know for appearances oh, but then they had to oh, oh yeah oh patty we didn't know you were gonna do oh, that really uh-huh. i've been doing wait, it. is this the first time that has been told or is that i've told it but it? yeah, yeah. I, I have uh yeah i i had but i called the tr- so the, so you actually weren't like a renegade they were in on it with you but then oh no we're we're, oh, we're clear oh, we'll have the fcc investigate this <laughs> i right. called treasurer frerichs i called senators and yeah. house representatives yeah i called about so, about the 30 or 40 electeds. So you wound up having to apologize to the guy who got run out of town. I actually... I mean, Rahm Emanuel was... Oh, you never can apologized? I, can I just say that uh, I, I was asked to, and uh, that letter probably got lost in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I, think that, uh, I don't think that ever arrived. I mean, Rahm Emanuel, I mean, he was like... You know, they talk about the, the voting rights legislation uh, being Jim Crow 2.0. He really was Jim Crow 2.0 because he disenfranchised the black voters who might have wanted to vote for Chewy Garcia, but he squelched the Laquan McDonald uh, the video. video. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So who has to apologize for waking up? That, well, from... that was the point. The point we were talking about gun violence and what was going on in our city. And we were like, how do you sleep at night? 
So I, <laughs> apparently I, when somebody calls. <laughs> I agree with you. All right. All right. Uh, he so, probably slept fine after about five angry calls to, to oh, people at oh, the radio yeah. station. Oh, yeah. Oh, he wanted, he wanted to have me fired. Uh, but yeah. all the other legislators were like, we, you know, she, what makes you more important than anybody else when she has these conversations? Is he going to be the ambassador to Japan? Japan. Okay. So now you can call him. It'll be two in the morning <laughs> for you, but it'll be three in the <laughs> afternoon for him. Well, and his yeah. office yeah. told yeah. him that he should just come to the station the next day, bring me a box of donuts and coffee, and be like, all right, what do you want? Let's talk but he decided to get and you know the station got angry and doubled down too so i didn't know this he's the ambassador to japan yeah he, just this be. week so he asked the president he said i want you to send me to a place where people will think i'm tall <laughs> <laughs> right totally <laughs> absolutely hi oh hey you got it no i was trying where they were trying to find a slot for him they couldn't find a slot for for because he's right He's such a persona non grata. Shoebox. Well, they cleared out the money that Paul Powell had. The you remember? You don't even remember that. That's so many eons ago. I'm making political references from the '60s. Oh, it's okay. It's appreciated. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. it is. You know, Adley Stevenson wants to know how you feel about his uh, run for president. <laughs> Do you know that Adley Stevenson? It's interesting. Uh, not the gov the the son who was the the governor, but the Adley, Adley Stevenson was considered an intellectual, and Eisenhower was considered you know like an adult. You know he only saved us with D Day and everything like that. But he, he they 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 played him up as some sort of intellectual. But when he died, the only book they found in his room was the Social Register. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he was not an intellectual. <laughs> Adley Stevenson. And take that, Adley Stevenson. Maybe we're calling you up in hell right now. <laughs> oh, wow. It's man. two in the morning. I don't know where I was going to bring that up and have him completely oh, just slammed and, and post-mortem. Maybe he returned all those books to the library. It could be. Yeah, it could be. All right, let's talk about this uh, COVID here thing. This today, COVID. today uh, Governor Pritzker uh, announced that uh, masks are going to be mandated mm-hmm. for... Uh, all state workers, whatever. He's already said that the kids in school. And you know, Patty, mm-hmm. you know, Patty, and I would have voted you for state representative <laughs> had I actually lived in the district, but I haven't lived in Chicago since 1958. Right. You know that there's no evidence whatsoever. And you can tell me to stop pointing at you. <laughs> it's okay. You point. Hey, I get, I get all passionate about Rahm stuff. Rahm Emanuel too. wishes he could point <laughs> yes, like that. Yes. <laughs> right, he doesn't have a finger. Wow. Oh my, yeah. I, this guy's killing us. He's hey. two to nothing on Rahm jokes. One meat slicer <laughs> deli accident. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But he's, yeah. did he still serve the sandwich? That's yeah. what I want to know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Give him get, the full army on that one. All right. What so, can I prove? You, there's, there's no evidence... That it helps kids. Masks don't help kids. Kids aren't getting COVID. They're not. They are getting COVID. How many kids we, are getting COVID? They're, they're, the, in, in Illinois, the rate is now, we actually, in the state, in the country, we have the best metrics when it comes to children con- contracting COVID-19. States like uh, Alabama, Georgia, Florida are at 1.2%. So it's not a high number, but 1.2, if you have a child, that, that your one child getting it is 100% in your household. There are... Uh, that's the standard Illinois, liberal argument. It shouldn't even take kids outside. What is that, what, what is Illinois? Illinois is point two percent. Point two percent. So point two percent of the COVID cases are so children. It's, so it's below and, uh, bicycle accidents, right? And I would argue that part of that is because we, <laughs> we are we are at sixty one percent vaccinated across the state of Illinois, and because we have had social distancing, and this is over the summer. We don't know going into the winter what's going to be it's, like. It's getting low. and children under eleven cannot be vaccinated. Yeah, but it doesn't look. 
and I hate to, there are cost-benefit analyses which must be applied to things in this world. You have, last statistic I saw was, okay, 361 kids have died of COVID, okay? But there are 74 million children in the United States. So it's it's like Tim says when he's, you know, not making rum jokes and, and, and <laughs> slaying us. It's, you know, the sober truth is that it, this is, what, like a bicycle? What, yeah, what yeah riding yeah. a bicycle. Yeah, I mean, take, it is. Take bicycles it, away. This is, this is why I could never mandate. vote for you even if I did move They're back. Fair and, enough. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'm, no, it doesn't, su- it doesn't work. I support mask requirements. I support the vaccination. I know you do. Yeah. And I just, I just gave you a He saw strong... me walk in with one. I was like, oh, I, I guess know, we're all right, And I went, oh, no. Oh, here we go. And it said social change on the side. I'm sure that had a big yeah. I'm Jewish, and last year I, in the high holidays the rabbi at a reform synagogue was wearing a, a mask that said vote and I, and I wanted to say you mean vote democrat right uh, <laughs> so I mean my opinion has always been if, if you have to be told that it's election day and that you should vote I don't want you voting <laughs> well nowadays what Patty's gonna Patty's gonna tell you that it's it's uh it's I don't know. Jim Crow 4.0 if, uh, you know, we don't have 24-7 voting at the 7-Eleven. Well, that I mean, sounds amazing. Yeah. I know. Hey, speaking of ideas, I like is, this. Is it true that when you ran for state rep, and I, I hate to put you on the spot oh, here. Oh, I'm sure I, you I'm, have an answer I'll for take it. the gloves off. But you, the name on the ballot was not your name. I, well, in what way? It wasn't, it wasn't a, I was told. My sources informed me. They told they you that my name not. is uh, Patricia Bonin, Patricia but, Vasquez Bonin, because my, br- my brother was murdered by John Wayne Gacy. Oh, so when I started to do... Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, then your people who were doing your research apparently no, didn't no, fill no. you in all the way. No, but I mean... So I changed my name when story. I became a stand-up comic because I didn't want that to be the first story I told people. But when you run right. for office, you're going in for a job interview and you tell people the absolute truth and, and why I changed my name. Because people yeah, were spreading rumors. Yeah, but why couldn't rumors. you have... Your campaign ads said Patty Vasquez. And the reason I watched it because I wanted to be... I did. All my campaign ads did say Patty Vasquez. The ballot had to say Patricia D. Yeah, Vasquez. Yeah, but that's the Bonnet. problem. Uh, hey. Where's the marketing? If you're, if you're going on TV and saying... Patty Vasquez, when they get into the uh, ballot booth, the uh, voting booth, I believe it's called, you Americans. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm new to country. No, uh, no. You know, it's, when they go it's in, 2020, it's the 7 Eleven. <laughs> yeah, how do they know? How do they know it's, it's just you? Patty Vasquez on the ballot. It's just, it has the other, unfortunately, it was the longest name on the ballot. It says Patricia D. Patty Vasquez Bonnet. It's a oh, lot. Okay. It was, right. and it, you know, jumped it's out. It's a little at you. confusing. Well, right. but imagine, not as confusing as I thought it was. And then I also just got sandbagged on. And you definitely got the vote for people brother, that which just is terrible. It's just horrible. That's horrible. I mean, I don't want to talk about. I mean, you don't want to talk about that. But do hey, well, here what happened was well, I, I, I would gotta not. Go to a break. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, we're out of time. Oh, well, if he hadn't been telling these Rahm Emanuel slurs, we would have gotten to the story. But we'll get to you know other. Oh things no, yeah, it's when we things. come back Absolutely. here with Patty Vasquez. Is how you pronounce your name. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's the weekly wrap that we are on right now. And that's the weekly wrap on radio and television. Follow Bruce at Bruce Wolf Shy on Twitter and Tim at TimSlagle.com. The weekly wrap with Bruce Wolf, a CP Pods production.